I developed a serious shopping habit. I'd like to pretend it didn't happen now that I've found freedom. But this is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where I explain how I stopped shopping too much and how you can too. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers. I took a golf class one evening and drove myself to the store to shop for clothing immediately afterward. I didn't need anything. I didn't even really want anything. But there I was, clearly looking for a dopamine hit. I thought, I just needed a less expensive way of getting that dopamine hit. But then my perspective changed. I learned I was shopping to meet a deeper unmet need. Once I uncovered and met that need, I found freedom from a shopping compulsion. You can enjoy that same freedom, whatever you shop for, by changing your self-talk, not looking for a new drug, and communicating authentically. Let's start by discussing self-talk. My main point with regard to how we talk to ourselves about overshopping is that shame isn't the answer. If we call ourselves names like greedy and self-centered and out of control, it will not take away the need that is driving the shopping. In fact, punishing ourselves with negative self-talk can actually increase the need. Whatever it is that is bothering us and is making us feel like we need to shop is not going to improve by the trashing that we are doing in our inner lives. We need to make a change to the kind of self-talk that we have. And and I don't mean that we need to excuse our overshopping behavior. But instead of shame, we need to be the encouraging coach. I have spoken before on this podcast about how we can imagine that by being the tough coach, the critical coach, that we will make the changes that need to be made. If we tell ourselves that we are an embarrassment, that we are deserving of terrible things happening to us, that our husband should leave us, that our friends should want nothing to do with us, and all of those kinds of shaming tactics, we can imagine that we're going to finally straighten up and stop shopping. But the fact is, you can attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. And the more caring and considerate we are with ourselves, the more likely it is that we will change what can become dysfunctional behavior by shopping. So shame is not the answer to an over-shopping habit. And neither is catastrophic thinking that we're going to be bankrupt, divorced, 
that our kids are going to be taken away from us. Those kinds of thoughts and self-talk leads to even more anxiety and depression, which may be driving the desire to shop in the first place. So I hope I've established that shaming ourselves is not the answer to overshopping, although it can feel really compelling to want to do it. It is also the case that searching for a more constructive way of dealing with negative feelings is not going to stop the shopping behavior. First of all, if something else if another behavior that was even more constructive was just as effective at diminishing our negative emotions, we would already be doing it. Now, that is not to say that doing something constructive like exercising or chatting with a friend or journaling, that those things can't become equally effective at dealing with negative emotions. But for the time being, they're not. They're not as effective or we would already be doing them. So we shop because it is the most efficient and effective way of dealing with our negative emotions that we know right now. So this idea that we just have to find a more constructive behavior to dampen and numb those negative feelings is not going to work. And the other reason that this is a very inefficient strategy just to try to find something more constructive is that we're going to be faced with negative emotions all the time. It's not as though, oh, I'll just shop or I'll just go for a walk or talk with a friend one time this month and then I'm good and I won't have a problem because those negative emotions are going to keep recurring. Even if you're having a great life and a great homeschooling experience this year, you're going to have negative emotions. It's part of life. Another problem with just trying to come up with something that's more constructive to cope with negative emotions is that we can develop another addiction, something that seemingly is pretty innocent can become a big problem. There are certainly people who have become addicted to exercise and can't even miss a workout because it causes them so much anxiety. Now, you might be thinking, I would love to have that as an addiction. And maybe you would comparatively, but we don't just want to trade one compulsion for another. A healthy approach to dealing with a negative emotion can still fail to meet the unmet need that is driving the negative emotion. So eventually, we're going to start shopping again unless we deal with that unmet need. So Shame isn't the answer. Looking for a more constructive way of dealing with negative emotions isn't the answer. What is? It's being honest about our needs. First, discovering what that is. 
when I found myself in the store shopping after taking a golf class, I just knew that I was experiencing some negative emotion and I wanted a dopamine hit, but I hadn't taken the time to discover why. What was really wrong? We have to do some self-reflection. I have spoken before about the need to take time to think daily, daily. Thinking time, not meditation time where we're trying to block thoughts and have no thoughts, but time to think through what we're feeling and thinking and experiencing so we can uncover the unmet need. Then, of course, we're able to address the real unmet need. The unmet need was not that I needed more dopamine. The unmet need was that I was disappointed in the golf class that I took because I was hoping to meet some other women that I would be able to play golf with. And I was very, very disappointed that that wasn't going to be possible. Now, it is the case that I could have been wrong about that. Uh, I just felt that the women who were in the class were not likely to want to play with me on a regular basis so that I could improve my golf skills. And I could have been wrong. I could have said, hey, would you like to practice together? Do you have time to go out and practice? And just because these women were not in my age group, (laughs) that could have absolutely happened, but I just dismissed it as a possibility. And I said, okay, so this is so disappointing. And then I went on to have black and white thinking about the situation that not only did I not meet anyone who I could golf with regularly, but I would never meet someone I could golf with regularly. And I was going to be lonely chronically. So you can imagine what this did to my emotions. I felt very negative. Well, what can I do to make myself feel better? I know shopping. Every time I shop and I find something new, especially if I get it for a very low price, I'm in a good mood. Except this time when I shopped and I bought something and I was driving it home, I felt really, really low. I didn't want more clothing and it didn't really work. Maybe in that moment when I found the item and I purchased it, I had a little bit of a lift, but I started having regrets on the way home. I thought, I don't even need this item. I don't want to return to having an overstuffed closet. I don't want to feel guilty about my purchases, things that I don't even need, or and I probably won't even wear. So this is the cycle that we can get ourselves into. So what I had to do and what you will have to do when you find yourself feeling a negative emotion is to dig deeper. Instead of 
telling yourself, yeah, I'm anxious, I'm upset, I'm feeling low, feeling depressed, feeling low energy, and shopping is going to make me feel better. Ask yourself what is driving that negative emotion. Why do you feel bored? Why do you feel lonely? Why do you feel sad? What is going on? In all likelihood, there is something happening in your life that you haven't wanted to truly think about or discuss in depth. So for me, my issue was that I was afraid that now that I have come to the end of my homeschooling journey where I am homeschooling my own kids at home, I was afraid that I would have great difficulty making new friends with similar interests. And that need for friendships with people who are doing life like I am, they have something in common with me, a fear of not having that made me feel very discouraged. I felt more lonely than I even should have felt in the situation realistically. And that negative emotion that resulted from that crisis that I was having that I hadn't even dealt with or talked about drove me to the store, literally, (laughs) to buy some new clothes. Okay, so how can you get to the deeper issue aside from therapy? And I am all for therapy. If you want to see a counselor to deal with the problem of overshopping, whatever it is that you shop for, then absolutely I recommend that you see a counselor who has experience with this issue. But what if you don't want to see a counselor at this point? What if it's not a serious enough problem in your uh, assessment that you don't want to seek professional help at this point? Then what I would recommend is that you would every day sit and write down what you're thinking and what you're feeling, especially concerning negative emotions, fears that you have, uh, feelings of boredom, feelings of sadness, feelings of disappointment, feelings of anger. Put all of that down on paper and ask yourself some questions about it. Why is that so upsetting? So if I were doing this process with myself with respect to the golf class, I would have asked myself, why is it so upsetting that you didn't meet anyone in the class that you thought you could golf with regularly? And then as I responded to that, I might have said, well, because I I really feel like this is my best chance of meeting a new friend with a similar interest. And then I can act as my own therapist or counselor in the situation, and I can say, okay, but is it really true that no one in the class would be willing to golf with you? Did you ask anyone? Uh, How many classes have you taken with them? Oh, one? (laughs) So you are certain 
that no one wants to golf with you, even though you've had one class with these women and you didn't even ask them. You're assuming that because they're not in your age range, that they wouldn't be interested. But you have many, many friends who you are very close to who aren't your age. Okay, so I could have gone on with that line of questioning, just talking back and forth with myself to understand what is really going on. And for me, what was really going on in that particular instance is that I was just afraid that I wasn't going to make new friends. And I used the golf class and my assessment of it as evidence that I wasn't going to make those new friends. That was discouraging and anxiety-provoking, and so I wanted to go and shop to deal with the feeling. Do you see how different that is from saying, well, whenever I feel down, I just need to find a better, more constructive way of of dealing with that. So I just need to work out. (laughs) Well, I do work out, and I'm sure that had I done a workout right after getting home from the golf class, I would have felt marginally better. But it wouldn't have solved the problem. The problem would have occurred again. And if you don't feel good about your ability to do this self-coaching process is how I um, conceive of it, then talk to someone you trust. That was the other thing I realized is that I could have come home after the golf class and said the very same things to my husband about, well, there's no one in the golf class that's going to golf with me. (laughs) And he would have said, well, wait, how do you know that? And he likely would have helped me see that I just have a fear of not making friends. And I think it would have been a real breakthrough for me. Most of the time when we have a compulsive behavior, it's because we're running from something deeper. The emotion is just a symptom of the deeper problem. So we can take the action of journaling, writing down what we're thinking and feeling and asking ourselves questions about it, taking time every day just to spend time in quiet reflection. We can talk with a trusted friend or with our spouse about what we're thinking and feeling. And my experience with doing that has been that overshopping in most cases is a result of an unmet need that we have. And it's not just a poor choice of dealing with an emotion. Once we uncover and address that unmet need, we can feel free of the compulsion of overshopping. And we can feel so much better about ourselves. We won't feel the need to shame ourselves and to use that critical scare tactic kind of talk that it's so easy to fall into. As a result, we don't have to just pray that we won't overshop. We can 
pray and believe that our needs will be met and the desire to overshop just won't be there. I highly recommend to you the book To Buy or Not to Buy to follow up on this conversation. To find the link to the book, head to the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com slash over shopping. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at homeschool sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.